Everybody brave the cold, all right? Not supposed to happen down here in Texas, is it? But it is. The other night I was sound asleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was hearing the rain hit the window in our bedroom and turned over and I was just thrilled because I thought I get to check the rain gauge. <laughs> and it dawned on me, I love checking the rain gauge. That's weird, isn't it? Can't wait to go out and check the rain gauge. I want to see how much rain's in there. And I noticed that when I go out and check the rain gauge, I look at it real close. A little bit over an inch, that's an inch and a half. A little bit below an inch, that's an inch. You know, thinking about I'm going to have more rain than anybody else. I love having more rain than anybody else. I love it. I love to check the rain gauge. And, and I find that strange. Does anybody else share that passion that you want to check the rain gauge? Good. Thank you. Good. I'm not alone. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a love gauge? Wouldn't it be nice if we had the ability to have something that would somehow or another measure our heart, our words, our thoughts, our behavior, and it would, when we stand in front of it, that it could somehow or another detect how much we love and how much we don't love. And it would analyze that latest conflict that you had and it would tell you whether or not you responded to that conflict with love or not. When someone, you meet someone and, you know, you have some kind of association with them and you talk with them and, and you, you discuss whether or not you love them in that love gauge. Well, Philippians is a love gauge. If you'll study the book of Philippians, we're going to go through it verse by verse, do the best we can with it. If you'll take a real good look at Philippians, Philippians is a love gauge. There is no question that the people of Philippi loved Paul. And there's no question that Paul loved these Philippians. It wasn't like the Corinthian church that had all their struggles. It wasn't like the church at Ephesus that didn't understand how rich they were in Christ. It, it, it wasn't like the Galatians that all the people in the middle part of Turkey today struggled with legalism. It wasn't like that with the Philippians. The Philippian letter is a love letter. It's a letter of exalting Christ and talking about how much Christ loved them, how much Paul loves them, and how much they loved Paul. He, he just thought about them. He, he longed to be with them. He couldn't help but think about them with joy, with celebration, and he, and he longed to be with them. And it didn't matter how good things were. He loved them in jail, and he loved them out of jail. He loved them in hardship, and he loved them when things were relatively smooth 
in Paul's life. And so we have here a love letter. So let's look at this rain gauge. When I was in seminary, one of my very favorite uh, chapels was, uh, I hear it when I put my head down, it quits, that you told me that bill's too long. Yeah, enjoyable. I love microphones. I just enjoy them. My, my favorite chapel in the 1980s, well, it's interesting to say now, back in, the, back in the olden days, in the 1980s, early 80s, I, I don't know if you are, any of y'all ever heard about it, but there was a fight over the Bible. And at seminary, it was pretty tense. It wasn't tense for me. I, I would listen to it, and I would hear different opinions, and to me, I, I just went, man, you know, what's the deal? Come on. We've we got too much to do, and there's too much to, to be about and, and too much ministry to get involved with, and need, we just need to get over this and get on with it. And uh, I, I remember having a few of the fellow students say that I was just naive, that I just didn't understand, and I'm so thankful that today I'm still naive. I don't understand. I just don't like to get caught up in all that, and I just, I just don't see the benefit of it. But anyway, I got word that Jerry Clower was coming to chapel. Man, I was excited. I've never seen Jerry Clower in person. My dad would sit me down, and we would listen to those cassette tapes when I was younger, those records when I was younger, and he laughed at Jerry Clower. He, if he was on one of those... Western shows on Friday night on Channel 11. We would watch Jerry Clower. My dad loved Jerry Clower, and, and he passed that on to me. I love Jerry Clower. I love the way he tells stories. I love the stories that he tells. He talks about the country, and I love stories about the country, all the stories about the Ledbetters and Marcel and Udell and all the other. I just love it. Okay. He's coming to seminary. I I go to chapel that day. I didn't go to chapel a whole lot, but I went that day. And I wanted to see what he had to say. He comes up there. I mean, every professor in the school is there. They're all sitting up on the stage in chairs. And uh, he's got his maroon coat on, and he's got that coon, you know, that white coon that he had on his coat all the time. And, and he's up there, and I'm just I'm sitting as close to the front as I can, and I'm just fixed on him. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It was one of the most profound things I'd ever seen. And, and I've often thought about how interesting it is that a simple man with a simple approach spoke about a complex subject with just pure simplicity. And I gained so much out of it. And he began by saying... He is grieved over the fact that many of his friends who happen to be pastors no longer speak to each other. And then he began to say over and over and over that he loved us. And he said, I love y'all. I love y'all. I'm traveling the country speaking in all the seminaries, and I'm just going to tell everyone the same thing over and over and over. I'm just going to tell you because I mean it. It's in the bottom of my boots. I love y'all. I love y'all. He would tell a story, go back to, I love y'all. And, and it, was, 
It was just uplifting. And, and basically what he said was that he couldn't believe that people were fighting over who believes the Bible more. Who believes the Bible more? We believe the Bible more. We believe the Bible more accurately more. And he said, it's so crazy. How can you fight over believing in the Bible and not love each other? There's no love. And, and for me, it was a love gauge. It was a love gauge. I love y'all. Imagine, just imagine how that might change a difficult relationship you have if you love them. Imagine how that relationship might change if they loved you. Imagine how that might change if somehow or another you, uh, you grew in love for someone that you're having problems with. I love y'all. So let's look at this love gauge, verses 3 and 4. Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. I thank my God in all my remembrance when we love each other, we are going together experience the miracle of getting along with people. That's fact. When we love, we, we're going to experience getting along with people. The only way to get along with people is to love them. And Paul says here, every time I think of you, in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, that I pray with joy for you. That's a miracle. Think about that for a moment. This is about dealing with people. If you've got three friends, one of them drives you nuts, right? That's the way it is. People drive each other nuts. And the only way that you can get a handful of people to work together to have a fondness for each other, and, and to get along with each other is there's got to be love. Now, there are some substitutes for love that help us get along. We need what they, they provide for us. There are strings attached. They, they help us make a living. They, they help us keep a calm in the family. You know, we're going to get along with our mother-in-law and our father-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law. We're going to get along with this cousin. We're going to get along with these people. We're going to get along with our neighbors so that there's relative calm in our life, right? And, and, and we don't truly love them. We just kind of deal with them. We just tolerate them. Well, this isn't tolerating. This isn't just dealing with them. This is not any kind of relationship where there's a lot of strings attached here. Paul loves them, and, and, and they love Paul. And when Paul thinks about them, he just can't help but think about, about joy, about praying for them with joy, about just the idea of them just brings him such fondness in his life. When we love each other, the miracle of people getting along together will happen. Verses 3 and 4. So that's a rain gauge. That's a love gauge. 
That's an instrument that we can use to help us know whether or not we love them. There's a love relationship going on with these people is, are we getting along with them? Do they give us joy? Do we anticipate praying for them? Do we enjoy praying for them? And then in verse 5, when people love each other, a partnership happens. Look at verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Man, partnership. Probably some of the biggest headaches that you have ever had is from partnership. You agreed up front how it was going to be, how it was going to work, what was going to take place. And then as time goes on, you begin to see the flaws in the partnership. That's true in marriage. That's true in friendships. That's true of teammates, workmates, whatever it might be. And, and here Paul says, man, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, he has joy. He has a firm, strong partnership with people. Now, you can determine love by how your partnerships are, how your partnerships are. Are they difficult? Are they complicated? Are, are they flesh-fueled? Or uh, are they growing in mutual care and concern and compassion and love for each other? And that's how we can determine whether or not we love the rain gauge, the love gauge, is take a look at your partnerships. He says they are partners in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, the first day until now lets me know that they were at a certain point when they began the partnership and they grew because there's no way that can happen other than growing in love. Next point here is in verse 6. When, when we love each other, when we love one another, we will benefit from seeing what only Jesus can do in their lives. Look and, look and see here what he says in verse 6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the bond of the Spirit. This is the result of the spiritual life. Faith in Christ puts us in a position that Jesus is going to do what only he can do, and that is take us from where we are today and take us to where he wants us to be. Now, we know that we are loving other people, and we are loving one another when that relationship allows us to see that change that Jesus makes in people. That's what we're going to see because that's what Jesus is going to do. We can count on that. It is a guaranteed thing. The Scripture clearly says, I am sure of this. That's what Paul says. I'm certain. Shona, this is definitely true, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You are going to go from where you are, and you are going to grow in Christ. And when we love each other, we are going to rejoice in that life change. And so when you love each other, you're going to benefit from seeing that. Look in verse 7. 
when we love each other, part of the rain gauge is going to be this. When we love each other, hard times will not win out. Hard times will not win out. He says in verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. The love gauge shows us when we love each other. And one of the things it's going to notice is that we are loving each other when hard times do not win out. That's what Paul says here. He says, man, I recognize how much you love me and how much I love you in the fact that in prison, in harsh conditions, in a situation where I didn't know if I was going to make it to the next day, you ministered to me and I felt for you and that love carried us through. Now, we all know that we're loving each other when we go through hard times. And at the end of those hard times, we're closer to the people that go through those hard times with us. That is love. You can determine that. You can look at the gauge and go, ha-ha, there is a love, uh, there's a love element in this relationship because we went through the hard times and we came out ahead. We didn't come out broken. We didn't come out defeated. We came out ahead and we're closer with each other. And so that's what Paul is revealing to us what happens when we love each other? We can look at three and four and know that when we pray for each other with joy, we are loving each other. When we have fond memories of other people, fond remembrances, when we think about people and we rejoice in them, then we, we know that we are loving them. And when we rejoice in the partnership we have, the partnership of the gospel is Paul's experience with the Philippians. We know that there is love, and love is going to show up on the love gauge. And then he says that when we enjoy what Jesus is doing in other people's lives, that, that gives us an element of understanding about the depth of the relationships. Love is going to take us into each other's souls. It's going to help us see the hearts. And, and, and we're, going to be, we're going to be blessed by that relationship. And, and then you see here the, the, the clear scripture that tells us that you know you're loving someone and you know you're being loved by someone when the hard times that you experience together bring you closer together. Strengthen your relationship. And then the last one we find is in verses 8 through 11. When we love each other, we are going to want the best for them. When we love them, we're going to want what's best. And look at verse 8. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. So he says, I'm not lying to you. I'm telling the truth here. God is my witness. He says, I yearn for you all. To yearn is to long for them, isn't it? There's that deep-rooted feeling that, that drives us. And he says, it's with all with 
the affection of Christ Jesus. I am yearning for you with the love of Christ. I'm yearning for you with the fondness that Jesus has for us all and that he has given us. And he says in verse 9, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more and more. That love may abound. That's what Paul wanted for the Philippian people. He wanted them to know love, to grow in love, and to grow deeper in love. He wanted them to experience the fullness of love. When we love each other, that's our yearning. That's what we're going to want for one another, that you love more. You love more today than you did this time last year. You love more today than you did this time five years ago. You are growing in love. You love more today than you did on January the 1st. I mean, you're growing in love, and, it, and the Holy Spirit's at work, and because he completes what he starts until the day of Christ Jesus, that love is going to grow. We want that for each other. That's a good thing to look for in that love gauge. Do we want other people? Do we want these people? Do we love these people? We're going to know we love them. We want them to have more and more love. And he says, just not love there, but he says, with knowledge and all discernment. He wants them to grow in understanding who Christ is and what Christ did and what Christ is doing, to understand spiritual things, to under, understand those intricate, deep things of God. He longs for that. He wants that. He, he yearns for that. It says in verse 10, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. He, he, he wants these Philippian people to know what it's like to stand before Almighty God knowing all is well, all is right, all is good. And he said in verse 11, to, to complete it, he said that you'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. He wants them to have more love to have more understanding, to have more experience with the good things that come from God. That's love. That's love. Think about your last disagreement with someone at work from your place, from your position, from your presentation. Was there love? Think about your last conflict at home with your husband or your wife. Was that conflict resolved, reconciled because of love? How much do you love? What does the love gauge say? Are you growing in love? Are you growing closer with those in your life because of Jesus Christ? Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. The feeling, the feelings the warmness that we feel, the satisfaction that we feel come after choice and commitment to love. Now, the world's got that backwards. The world says, if you feel good, if they make you feel good, then enter into a commitment with them. Well, that's not how love works. We see that love works, that there is a choice that is made. I choose to love you. 
you choose to love me. Why? Because we are commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ. You mean I love even when I don't feel like it? Absolutely. You love when you don't feel like it. You love even when they drive you nuts. You love when they're difficult to love. We choose up front to love. It takes a commitment to love like that. And then as time goes on, after we have chosen to love and we are committed to love, then the feeling will begin to take shape. And you know that you're really, truly loving each other, and you know that your love is going to stand the test of time, the test of problems, the test of conflicts, when your choice and your commitment is, is greased, is supported by how you feel about them. You feel the love, but the love is felt much stronger when choice and commitment has been made. William Shakespeare gives the gives he receives the credit in the famous play he wrote about Henry V. And it's where you get the idea of band of brothers. And the line that he has, Henry V saying, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. You may have watched this, the series about World War II called The Band of Brothers. It is amazing how close these soldiers got. Now, legend says that Henry V actually said those words. They were in battle with the French, and he was with his long bowmen, and they were trying to hold on to this castle. And the long bowmen fortified the castle walls, and they were around, and they were very much outnumbered by the French. And that before the French were about to attack the castle, Henry V said, we few, by comparison to the French. We happy few. We band of brothers. Now, we can grow in love as brothers and sisters in Christ. We can grow in love when we accept that we are in a cause that is bigger than any of us. We are in a cause that is bigger than any of us. The exaltation of Jesus the mission to take the gospel to the whole world, the mission to care for other people, the, ministry, the, the mission of making a difference in our, in our world, brings us together in a cause that is bigger than any of us. When we are willing to sacrifice for this cause, when we are willing to help each other in working to be effective in this cause. When we all do our part along the way, we will become a band of brothers and sisters. We will grow in love for each other. There will be a strong 
bond between us all. And it will not be just knowing each other, just liking each other. It will not be just going along to go along with each other. It will be that we truly, genuinely love each other. And Jesus said that the world would know that he is when his people love each other. Love each other. That's an important, important thing for us. So, what does the love gauge say? Only you know that. When you go out to check your love gauge, are you excited about it? You ever thought about it that way? What is your love gauge? How much love was given away today? How much love was received today? What does your love gauge show? As believers, we have an opportunity to become a band of brothers and sisters through Jesus Christ. We share in a cause bigger than us. When we're willing to sacrifice for that cause, when we're willing to help each other in working out that cause, and when we're willing to do our part along the way in that cause, we will become a band of brothers and sisters. Or we look at this way, we will deepen in our love for each other as a band of brothers and sisters. Paul said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I love y'all. Let us pray. I pray, God, that the love, the love, depth, width, height, the amount of love, the deepness of love will grow. That, Lord, through believing in you and surrendering to you, that the dosage of love will be increased. And, Father, that we will honor you as we seek to carry out what you've called us to by loving each other. Help us to pray with love. Help us to relate with love. Help us, Lord, to deal with conflict with love. Help us, Lord, to deal with 
hardships with love. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, please come forward.